All right, congregation, I warned the confirmands, but you're on quiz notice now too. What did you notice as you were listening very intently to that scripture reading from Sister Olin and Elder Jim? What did you notice? Doesn't have to be profound. What did you notice? What's that? Nine o'clock in the morning. There was a hand back here. Everybody hears in their own language. What else? What else did you notice? Other things. Yes, sir. Moon will be turned to blood. Yes, very graphic stuff. Yeah. All right. They were all together in one place. Say that again. Okay, right? The people who were walking, who were walking by heard as well. All right? What else? Any, anything else? Yes. Right, all nations. Yeah, all nations. Huh, that, where have I heard that before, Pastor Humphrey? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, the prophet Joel, yes. Right? Pentecost is a great and glorious day. It's the one or two times in the year where we read from the, the prophet Joel, who mostly talks about locusts and bad stuff, except for talk about this, this piece where, let's just go back and revisit it. I mean, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. When they say all flesh, they mean what? All flesh, not just certain people. That's something, like he was talking about all nations. I mean, we mean all nations. We don't mean people who look a certain way, act a certain way, have a certain socioeconomic status, have a certain hairstyle, whatever. We're talking about in those last days it will be, that's what Joel says, that God declares that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I mean, this word from Joel is a prophetic word from what we know as the Old Testament, but it's like we don't really hear it. Because what we, what we want to think is, I've been given this word, whatever it is, right? Whether it's a political word or a word of truth or whatever, the word of the Spirit, and you need to agree with that truth that I, that's come to me. No, the truth has gone to all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. It's fascinating to me. Even upon my slaves, both men and women in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. It's this awesome vision of how, of how the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit supersedes and goes through all of the divisions that we would put in place among us. Because our tendency, as you know, is for us to divide and conquer. We like to divide things up and divide people up and put everybody into categories. Our brains really think that that makes things easier. Yes, it's more complicated to have a comprehensive vision of all flesh and all humanity and how God is, is working on behalf and wants all of us to hear this wonderful word and to be opened up to the Holy Spirit. Sorry, I got a little excited about that as well. A lot of times what we focus on, and nobody mentioned it, was, I mean, the, the thing that we often focus on is the tongues of fire, right? Often the children's sermon is we give kids fire 
We don't give it to them. We make it out of red paper and we have them pin it in their hair, you know, like, like the Fire Lords in the Airbender series. It's a cartoon series. You know, they wear this fire thing in their hair and we walk around with those, you know. It's, we, we, make it, we have a lot of fun with it. We make a big deal out of sort of the supernatural parts of it, right? That these flames, these tongues like flames came out and, and all this sort of thing. But, I mean, there's some really basic things that happen that, that these folks were filled with the Spirit in such a way that they just began to speak of God's deeds of power. God has been doing deeds of power all throughout history. But they began to speak of them, and they began to speak of them in a way that each person could hear. Because that's part of my point today, is that each person has to hear it in their language. How you heard the word or how you came to be a person of faith is not how somebody else is going to. How you've come to a certain understanding about anything in your life is not necessarily how somebody else is going to access that and be able to understand it. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, you're trying to teach somebody something or teach your children something and you're like, this is how it works, this is how it goes, this is how it is and they're like, I don't get it. Because we're not speaking in their language. We're not connecting with, with where they are in order to, to help them open up and to partner with them wherever it is that they happen to be. But we get into these ways of being in our world that things have to be this way and this way and this way. And it happens all over the place. It happens within our churches. Right? Why do we have all these denominations and all these different permutations of the Christian faith? Some would say it's a beautiful diversity. Okay, great. Some of it is our own human desire to divide because we think we have the truth over here and you don't. And I don't like the fact that you use gluten-free bread, so we're not having gluten-free bread at my church or whatever. You know, we, I mean, it is almost as silly as that, that we, we divide these things up. It happens in almost every context. In the recovery community, there are all kinds of ways that people access getting clean and sober. You know, some of them, it's Jesus. They have a very faith-based sort of orientation to how they get and stay sober. For other people, it's, it's, a, 12, it's a traditional sort of 12-step program. For others, it's mindfulness-based. For others, it's this sort of thing. But what's so interesting to me is that for the people who came to recovery in, that, in one particular way, they are often zealots for that way. This is the way you're going to get it. And what's really cool is when they begin to see it doesn't matter. What matters is, is that somebody gets clean and sober and stays that way and whatever it takes, right? And for me, that's the Holy Spirit at work opening us up to seeing people just as people. And how do I, yes, I may have an understanding one way or the other. I may understand things in a certain way, but when I connect with you, I'm listening for how can I connect this with you? How can I partner with you, not lord something over you, not try to teach you something or beat you into submission into some, into some sort of way that makes you agree with me? And I think, we've talked about this, it feels like it get, it's getting harder and more difficult to have those kinds of conversations in our lives. 
even within our own families. And I think some of it is, is we are so stressed and anxious about all of the things that have happened in our world, especially within the past couple of years. And so we, we really double down on divide and conquer because we feel safer when we do that. And I can have some despair about that, I'll be honest. I don't know about you, but, I, but even in just casual conversation, I'll hear people say, I don't know where we're going. And what, you hear in, what I hear in that is, it's not good. It isn't, I don't know where we're going, but I'm super hopeful about it. I don't know where we're going, and I'm worried that it's, everything's just going to devolve into horribleness. And so we have this generalized anxiety under things. And when we're anxious, we want to control things. That's just how we are as human beings. We want to get our hands wrapped around and we want to grasp and we want to hold on to. And, in, and just, just imagine this though, you know, the, the disciples and these who've been following Jesus, I mean, they just had their, they've had their whole world has, been, has exploded right in front of them. Jesus was supposed to be the Messiah. Here's how it was supposed to go. They were supposed to be in political power with Jesus as the head. And the Romans kill him. The systems and the principalities and the power, right? Put him on a cross, he dies. Now he's resurrected and they're like, oh, now's the time. Jesus says, nope, you'll never know the time or the season. I'm going to be with you, but I'm sending the Holy Spirit to be with you, to lead you in truth, to lead you in a new way. And they have no idea what's coming. And the Holy Spirit comes and opens them up because now here all of these people are hearing God's needs of power. For, for most of them, almost all of them were Jewish men that were the close, close disciples of Jesus in that inner circle, the 12 and then of course the three. And we know there were many women who were part of that, but they don't get named unfortunately in the scriptures. I mean, in terms of as, 12, as the 12 disciples, but this opens things up and we know that the story of the New Testament is of the Holy Spirit coming into people and the people become the body of Christ in the world, doing the work of God in the world. And what do they do? They care for people. They take care of the people that other people are neglecting. There's a famine in the land we hear in the book of Acts and what are the disciples doing? They are reaching out beyond Jerusalem because in Jerusalem it's really bad. They're reaching out beyond Jerusalem to get food to distribute to people. Paul is out seeking an offering to bring back to the Jerusalem church to help out with that. They're reaching out beyond and they're beginning to open up to new people to all flesh. It's really awesome. But it is not easy because it calls into question what we've been taught and what we've been told and oftentimes what we think of as our natural orientation to divide and to conquer. And today we're going we're gonna to challenge and we're going to welcome three new adult members of this congregation. These young people are saying yes to following Jesus on their own two feet. I often say it this way, that up until this point, they're really 
sort of on the coattails of mom and dad or, or whoever is the faith bearer in their family. And this is a big step for them. And they, under, and they know this. They may not know what they're getting into completely and fully because you never do. Raise your hand if you ever said yes to being married. Um, you never know exactly what you're getting into. But they're saying yes to being a faithful follower of Jesus and to have a full role in this congregation. Not that they, didn't have a, not that they had a limited role before, but now they can choose their leaders. Now they can become those leaders at some point in time. They can be those elders. All three of these young people are already serving in the church. That's one of the things I love about Westminster is they are already doing things in the church. They help, all three of them help make worship happen on a regular basis through our technological things that we do. But they are being invited, and that does not happen except through the Holy Spirit. I really believe that. I really believe that. Because if you were to look at all these things, it's almost like having a child. If you really knew all the things it was going to take from you to have a child, I think a lot of us are selfish enough that we would just be like, there is no way I'm doing all that. Just not going to do it. Limits my freedom. Spends all my money. Right? But the Holy Spirit moves through us to cause us to enter into things of which we do not know the ending and to trust that God is in the midst of it. I don't know where this is going, but I'm trusting God in it. And I'm going to do everything I can to bring light and hope and life into every situation. And to our confirmands, it is not going to be easy. Life is not necessarily easy, but it is beautiful. It is gorgeous. It is heartbreaking. And every day when you wake up, and if you will remember that God has blessed you, God has given you this day as an opportunity to love someone or a whole bunch of someones, to spread grace and hope and compassion. And if you are able to begin to have that every day, to trust in the Holy Spirit like these disciples did, that this was a new day for all of us, that every day is this new day. It is one of the last days, not in that cataclysmic, kind of apocalyptic kind of way, but in the apocalyptic kind of day, that it is a revealing kind of day, showing us this new way. And if you are able to do that, I know that your life will be beautiful and rich and heartbreaking and wonderful. I know this congregation is so excited to walk with you on this path. And today we recommit to this beautiful, heartbreaking, gorgeous path of hope that God has set us on. Amen.